Yeah. I wanna be a billionaire. Uh, I ain't getting no sleep nah. till I see a milli every week. Yeah. I wanna be a billionaire. Uh, I ain't getting no sleep nah. till I see a billy every week. Uh, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I ain't gonna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. I got a special guest on my show, so take some notes. We got an author. We got a speaker. We got an entrepreneur. We got a college professor. Ladies and gentlemen, Chile Jean Baptiste. Did I say it right? Uh, yes, you said it right. Uh, that's all I need. It was close. It was good. Chalet Jean Baptiste. Yes. All right. I tried. Yes. Yes. You did a good job. Shout there was a point in time the Bronx, the BK didn't like VX. I or know. What's that with that? It was a point in time that from people from Brooklyn never went to the Bronx, mm-hmm. and people from the Bronx never went to Brooklyn. Did yeah. you ever come to Brooklyn? Uh, sometimes. See, sometimes. but it wasn't a lot, right? It was so far. Yeah, That's yeah, what it yeah. Was. It seems so far, but when I went back recently, it was literally like maybe four train stops away from yeah, where I was staying. I was yeah. staying in Manhattan when I when I went over there. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But I, mean, I guess I have friends in the Bronx though. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you, back in the day, I used to drive with my family, so going across the bridge, it, yeah. was, it seemed like it would take an hour. It would take a train and only go to, like, Coney Island or something yes. like that. Then yes. you're like, oh, damn, this is well, too long. Well, traffic is bad now, so yeah, it'll take okay. you two hours to get to the Bronx. Yeah, it's been like, it's been like 15 years since I lived in New York. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So. That's what's up. Well, yeah. you know, the reason why I brought you here today is, you know, you're doing a lot of great things. Yeah. You know, you're inspiring a lot of people. Yeah. And with my show, you know, it's about getting insider information for those looking to be in your position, you so yes, I basically yes. want you to drop some jewels along your journey to, to my audience and those yeah. who want to be in your position yeah. one day, you know, but so we already know where you're from. I want to know where the dream began, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? What inspired you to do the things you're doing now? And was your first dream always writing or did you have other dreams before no, that? I think I always wanted to be a writer. Okay. Um, you know, being raised in Bed-Stuy, which was at that time in the 90s, the late 80s was the hood. I mean, crack era had hit really hard. Mm-hmm. I found a lot. My mother was very strict. I was from a strict household. My dad was strict. He was a pastor in the neighborhood. Oh, so no. that had his own things that went along with it. And so I learned to read. So because I couldn't go outside and play like with my other friends, yeah. um, I learned to read. And I was always into like black authors like mm. Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison. And later on, I got into some other authors like Pedro Pietre and some of the other ones mm. that I really love, New York and Cafe and yeah, Experience yeah. and that. But um, yeah, so I really, really love to read. So I, once I read, I was like, oh, I can do this. I can write, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a dream of mine to be a writer. That's the professor sure. thing came later. Okay. The writer thing, yes, always. Okay, okay. So, how, but how did you start writing? Like, did you start writing your own poems? Did you was writing yeah. raps? Like, how, yeah, writing well, out? I was never a good rapper. I tried, but you know, yeah. it wasn't my thing. But, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely started writing poems. And the funny thing is, like, my friends used to come and tell me, I'm in a situation with this guy. My homeboys would tell me, I'm in a situation with this girl. I want you to write, and I would write a poem for them. Like, this is perfect. This is exactly how I feel. Wow. Or I would write a letter for them, you mm. know? So, everybody knew that was around me, grew up with me, that I was a writer. Okay. You know, and I did the, I started, it was a, a part of an after school program called I Have a Dream program. And mm-hmm. I did a teenage, like, kind of like magazine for 
the program. So okay. writing has always just been in me. And I That's knew I had up. like a gift because my friends told me actually I had the gift. And yeah, so I believed it. You know. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's yeah. what's up, man. Well, I'm glad you know the. You follow your, your your purpose and your passion, you know. Yes. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Not too not too many people do that and people yeah. give up early for some reason. Can't give up. I can tell you some failures that I've had, you know. So mm-hmm. I did my first off Broadway play when I was nineteen. Okay. Um, and it was it was in Manhattan, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um we did it at the Mint Theater. It was supposed to run for two weeks. It ran for a month. So that was pretty successful, but Sometimes you think like right after you do that, like you just, you know, the world should open up to you. You know, mm-hmm. everybody should come out and be like, I want this girl to mm-hmm. be a writer. And it just didn't happen like that. So I kind of had a reality check, mm-hmm. you know, like I did the successful play. It was off Broadway. I'm 19, you know, and you know what happened? And I thought I was going to just burst into the energy, but life happened, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so and here I am now, 40, really picking it, you know, I've always been writing, but really picking back up and now really fulfilling my dream mm-hmm. of becoming a writer. So I will say that you can't give up. You can't, you know, think that failure is at the end of it. And you got to keep on pushing. Like, well, I'm a hustler, so I'm mm-hmm. going to make it happen, you know, no matter what it takes. Right. Now, even when life, like, I'm, I'm, that's interesting that you mentioned life happened because life happened for me as well, you know, mm-hmm. and at, I, I've gotten discouraged and, the, from the time I got discouraged to the time I decided to pick it back up, I feel like it was a waste of time. So what do you say to those that mm. find discouragement at that point? Like, how can you, how how can someone not, like, find the energy they need not to give up at that point of their life? That's so hard, you know, and I'm not going to act like being self-righteous and be like, you just got to do it. You know, there's so many people out here <laughs> yeah, be like, right? just do it. Yeah. You know, like, they be trying to preach to you, say affirmations to yourself. I promise you, I've done all that and still have been discouraged, you right. know? Same, so, same, here, same So here. I will say that is, you know, I, I will say there is something to say about the belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. There is something to say about that. And it is like, you know, the whole, the secret, right? When mm-hmm. you manifest something you believe is going to happen it will it has to manifest itself like so when i get up in the morning and when i say this is what i want manifested in my life today this is what i want to happen mm. i really believe it's going to happen for me right you know and mm-hmm. so my disappointment is even if it doesn't happen i'm like okay you know what then i have a better tomorrow that's mm-hmm. just the attitude that i've learned to take on for myself yeah but i will say that comes with time and practice i wasn't always like that and i will also say that um Sometimes things don't happen for a reason. Like, I am who I am because of my failures. Mm. So even when I look back, I'm like, thank you. Because I wasn't ready. Yeah. I was emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe, you know, I was just pick, have, making bad decisions at the time. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that even when things don't happen when I think they should have happened, it's it's for a reason. Right. You know, um, and I can say that now that I'm looking back to be like, okay, you know what? I wasn't ready for that at mm-hmm. that time, you know. Um, so I always say, okay, what's the lesson that's supposed to be learned here? What am I supposed to learn? Because this didn't happen for me. Mm. So I think that's the, the thing. Instead of, you know, being down, depressed, and, you know, going into a sunken place. Yeah. Right? And really be like, okay, what, what am I supposed to learn? What, mm. am, I, what am I not getting? Mm. Really self-inventory. Nah, that's good, man. Finding the lesson and, I, and your failures. That's dope, man. Because yeah. I actually... Uh, before I came to L.A., I always wanted to come to L.A. But, yeah, yeah. you know... At the time that I was supposed to, some things happened or whatever. I ended up working, mm-hmm. working, thinking I was going to work a month or two, just saving some money, turn it to a 10-year career in sales. Yeah. But being in, in the sales taught me all the tools I needed to conduct business out here. See? You know, people yes. skills, communication skills, how to sell, how not to be sold, you know yes. what I'm saying? You know, how to believe in a product and pitch it, you know what I'm saying? So if it wasn't for that, 
when I failed and going through that process, it would it wouldn't have prepared me for what I encounter yes. today. So I yeah, feel you on taking yeah. those lessons and not letting yeah, it discourage but, you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a good story too. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what people need. They mm-hmm. need to see that. Um, like you said, if you wouldn't have went through that, you wouldn't have been the dope person that you are today, right? right, right? right. And you wouldn't been prepared, yeah. right? And so when I look at my own life, like I went the lessons <clears throat> that I learned mm-hmm. through the course of my failures have made me be who I am today and who has manifested who I am today. So now I can see clearly, right? Mm-hmm. I know when I see somebody who has that energy, I know when I see somebody who's not real, you yeah. know, I know, okay, that all opportunities are not really good opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, like because I've learned what I've learned, I got to turn down some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and really open my heart to some people and close my heart to other people, you know? So these are things that you learn through your failures. Right. Know? No, that's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about black from scratch. Yeah. You know, what's the what's the <laughs> what's the message behind it? What's the purpose? What motivated you to mm-hmm. put it out? You know? You know what? This is good. I, so this is my third book, right? Mm-hmm. My other two books were um my Yeah, first, Black Dresses Stain. Black Dresses Stain, mm-hmm. yes. Um was uh it's actually a short story poetry book for women that went through a relationship. It was a time, you know, and I really just poured my heart out to that book. Not for children, you mm-hmm. know, adult material. Yes. But, you know. <laughs> but very, you know, and then I had Relive, which, which was a time I went through a divorce mm-hmm. through my husband and caught him in bed with a woman and really had to, like, you know, get myself together and mm-hmm. be like, you know, relive. Because we do go through these periods of emotional death. You know, we feel like, oh, man, it's got to be the lowest point. But you know what? It's so funny to say that. I watched two movies, well, at least three movies in the last year or Mm. so that showed just before someone had a breakthrough, they went through something where they felt like, you know, all hope was lost or Mm -hmm. they were really pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's how I feel it is in life. Yeah. You know, right before you get your big moment, Mm -hmm. you know, you almost feel like, hmm, you know, yeah, 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 you're at your worst, right? So... Black from Scratch was a completely different kind of book. I wanted to change the media's outlook on black people. I wanted to change the narrative, basically. What do you think that is? Before you continue, what do you think that 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 is? The media's perception and, and yeah. about black people. What do you think that is? I think they. I've you know I noticed that no matter how far we've come as a people, and you know if we once were a drug dealer or once did something that was crazy, the media tends to hone in on that narrative. You know they don't ever let us overcome. You know. Well, why Why do you think that is though? I think it's just, I think it's systematically that way, so that where black people will stay in a certain position, you know, mm. in society, and so that other cultures who are not exposed to black people will tend to look at us in a, in almost like we're inferior, mm. right? Um, and it's the same reason why they don't teach us our history, you know, mm. in the classrooms, mm. and it's the same reason why, you know, if you go in most poor poor black neighborhoods, we don't have the resources that other neighborhoods have, right? Because they know, first of all, if you know your history and you know who you are, there's nothing anybody can take away from you. If they know that we were kings and queens and inventors and, you know, that we invented stuff before, you know, these inventions even came out, that we were behind most of the patents of the world, Mm -hmm. then what could they say about us, right? Mm -hmm. But if they portray a negative society, you know, societal stereotype, then that kind of like makes it like, oh, look, those black people, they are inferior. This is why you should fear them. They are the thugs and the animals and what we portray them to be. So I think that's systematically uh, the way that people feel powerful about themselves, right? In order for people to feel, to have power in society, there must be an inferior population. So who would you address this to, to change the narrative? 
people that have, I, I would love all black people to read it, right? Because it's about our people, by us, you know, for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. But I think it's also important for other cultures to read it, to have access to what it's like to be black. You mm-hmm. know, um, the reason why I love this book is because it has black people of different hues, different backgrounds, all different experiences. Our experiences are not the same. You know, they're diverse in so many ways. And so that's really what I wanted the book to be, like for other cultures to read it. Now, for me, I've been lucky that I've been exposed to all different cultures, right? So I know that my girlfriend who, my best friend is a Muslim, first of all, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. so two different religions. But also my my other friend who I lived across the street with was Muslim, a white Muslim lady. Mm-hmm. And she was close to me, like my friend, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I learned that she's going through some of the same stuff that I went through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we tend to think because people are from different cultures and live different lives that they don't have some of the same experiences, right? right? Of course, some of it is different because of cultural things, Mm -hmm. right? But some of it is the same, you Mm -hmm. know? And there's good people in every culture. So I've been traveled enough to know that um, no matter the culture, you know, you can help me out, you know, black, white, purple, green, Mm -hmm. you know, and I need you just like you need me, right? Mm -hmm. But if I look at a race of people and black people and think that they're like, oh, we, you know, they're inferior or they don't have the knowledge or what, you know, then I'm already making a, bias about people I don't even get to know that's true that's true I mean that's a good point you know I was thinking because it's like I feel you on you know media kind of steering the narrative on how black people are inferior and always angry or just a certain type of person but it's like when you see shows like for example power no disrespect to nobody in power (laughs) But it's like that's my okay, show too. That's no, my, my show, show too. Yeah. But it's like okay, so you have a black male who's mm-hmm. a drug dealer, killer, is also a club owner. You know, yeah, yeah. he, you know, they depicted him to be the hero, but it's also in that light. You know, the typical yes. stereotype. So, but we love it. We're we black love people. It. We love it. We're watching it. We're supporting it. So it's like to your message. How do we, you know? like address that point you know what's your takeaway on that because we're watching this we're against it but we're still enjoying it well you know what i think that we i think it's important to say that this is part of the black story too i mean i got friends and family members who happen to live the street life you know i mean that's part of our story we don't i don't shy away from that because there's something to be said about that too jay-z was a street man who mm-hmm. sold dope mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> but he is jay-z now right mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about people who come from those environments, but don't shy away. And, and guess what? Believe it or not, there's a lot of different cultures of people who selling drugs. You know mm-hmm. what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not shying away from my bad uncle or my mm-hmm. crazy, you know, cousin yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah. who's been in jail forever. Right. Family. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not shying away from none of my negative things that go on in families. Right. right? But I am saying that that's not all we are. Right. right. So I think that's the important thing when when it becomes and i love the show power mm-hmm. i love all the other shows that depict these you know i live i grew up in the hood i grew up in you know the get you know bad side you yeah. know the rough time so it's real to me mm-hmm. i know those stories i know those people mm-hmm. you know i've seen people lose their lives to drugs i've seen people lose their lives in a game mm-hmm. um so i feel like it's a realistic story and that's why we love it because we can connect with it, especially some of us who've been we know that can really happen. Yeah, you know, this is the street it, yeah. code. We mm-hmm. see it. This is real. But I wanted to show that this is not all we are. Okay. Right. So, and I think it's important that we show all facets of every culture. You know, the problem I have is not that they're showing it. The problem I have is when they say this is all the culture has to offer. Mm. You know, so. Copy that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, 
that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about you being a college professor. You know, are you t- are you passing this message to the children as well, or do yeah, you, you know, a different subject. Uh, you know, I I um so being a college professor is actually the career that I love. I love you know teaching college students because they're adults. You mm-hmm. know, so it is a difference, um, in what I can teach to them. And uh, I started out in corporate America, so I was a financial writer, and mm. I hated it. I made good money, but I did not like it because I was like, this is not what I have to. I want to do my whole life. Right, right, right. So when I began teaching college, it was like, wow, like, bing, this is it for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I teach African-American literature. I teach pop culture. I teach mythology. Okay. I teach a lot of literature. And really, literature is so important to me, not only because I feel like the stories have really taught me a lot about my own life. Mm-hmm. You, If you are a, a lover of literature, you can, there's always a lesson in mm-hmm. what you read, right? Um, from uh, literature that's not always African-American, African literature, you know, things fall apart. Um, uh, literature that's for either for any ethnic group, Southern literature, there's always a lesson you can find in it. So I think that's why I love English. I teach English, but I also teach communications, teaching students how to talk and give speeches and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's a great career. I, and I have run, run a mentoring program. I used to run a minority mentoring program. It's changed a little bit to to now being a women's mentoring program, and mm-hmm. I'm not as involved as I used to be. But I, anytime I can mentor a student and tell them, make them feel like they can make it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all for it. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's the goal, you know, letting them know they can do it. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Anybody, any, that's right. It doesn't matter, matter the age, too. Mm-hmm. Your story can begin at 50, you know. Don't yeah. don't don't think that you, you know, pass your prom. Yeah, look at Morgan Freeman. He didn't get his top, his big shot till he was like 46. Yes. Now look at him, killing I know, it. I know. So, you know, I love I love that. I love those success stories. That's That makes me happy. That's what's up. Okay. So tell me your, your your strategy to make your book a bestseller. You know, what what's the game plan? How That's are we gonna good. how are we gonna do this? <laughs> well, I think you gotta be a hustler first of all. You okay. know, we talk about that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of really believing in what you're putting out, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to sell it. Like if you can't believe and talk about it and mm-hmm. be able to sell it to somebody else, nobody's gonna believe in you either, right? right? Mm-hmm. I see people put out books and products all the time and then when you get them wanna get them to talk about it. It's yeah, like, they all shy. Yeah, they all yeah. shy. You know, it's kind of upset me yeah, about. You should just be a writer. Yeah, just be a writer, right? <laughs> exactly, be a behind the scenes writer. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. yeah, yeah. So you got to be willing to sell who you are and your product. You know, um, I love the artist. What's the artist that said she had anxiety and she couldn't perform? You know. I don't know, man. I yeah, mean, yeah. It was she's uh she was run by like Yeah, yeah, and they couldn't perform. I'm like what? you this is who you are this is how you represent yourself to the people yeah so i think that's the that's part of the strategy is just be be willing to know that you are not a bestseller overnight mm-hmm. right that that's like very few mm-hmm. right but the more you get yourself out there and the more people really believe in what you're saying and what you're selling the more you can really you know really connect with people right. and make an impression i think that's important Okay, so but all right, so well, what else though? Like as far as any marketing strategy specifically, do you have a publicist or a manager who's yeah. shopping this book around for you? Who's gonna help you get it That's placed in Barnes and Noble stuff? So I will tell you, I did a lot of the publicity myself. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I did have a public, I do have a publicist that has helped me along the way, but a, a publicist without me <laughs> really getting behind it and pushing mm-hmm. equals nothing, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um. And publicists can be expensive, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people don't have the money to just hire a publicist. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can go about it. There are some uh, classes you can take. Like I took a lot of classes, like marketing classes, 
on Facebook, on mm-hmm. you know, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising. Yeah. And I think, excuse me, that has helped. Okay. Um, you know, with with how to market, how to really market your book. And really social media is everything. I speak to writers all the time and they be like, I don't I don't have social media. I'm like, what? What? Uh, what, what, what planet what? do you live on? <laughs> yes, like this is social media age, honey. Know, right? right? Eric, catch up. See, my grandfather got an Instagram. He like eighty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, grandpa. You know? You know? <laughs> he like, look how sexy I, I am. Said, I don't think my grandma knows about that. <laughs> She knows now. <laughs> she told the secret. Okay. So good. She doesn't speak English. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. So I think, you know, being in, in, interactive in social media is is uh, essential, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was always active on Facebook, but I just got active in the last couple of months on Instagram. Okay. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm late. You know? I didn't realize how late I was behind the scenes, but it's important that you're active on social media. And you're active in the community and in the arenas that you want to be. So now I have a black book, right? I'm mm-hmm. black people. So I'm going to black events. I'm in, I'm in black anyway. So yeah. you know, might as well. But I'm really, you know, seeking out my community. I'm, I'm talking to black bookstore owners, you know, and I'm doing book signings there. So I think it's important that you seek out what you want. You make the list of what you want. Do your own marketing plan. And there's free marketing plans online. You can book marketing plans, you know, online. Mm-hmm. But there's a, also a good website, a resource that's book one on one, and it gives you everything in a book market. Okay. Literally, it will give you um, all the downloads you need for like free. You know, some of that some of that stuff is free. There's also um, there's another uh, person called Joel Friedman. Mm-hmm. He does a whole bunch of like resources for writers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google him, Joel Friedman. Um, mm-hmm. He does a whole and he does it. You know, really inexpensive templates. Um, marketing plans, everything you need as a writer. Okay. So take advantage of those, you know? Right. Those things, yeah. Okay. So tell me, how does an author make money? Like, you know, like with the with the bookstores, like, you know, do you sell it to them at, re- at wholesale and they, they sell it retail? Yeah. Is that pretty much how I... Yeah, yeah, them? yeah. You sell it to them at wholesale. It's, it's a cut. It depends on the thing, but it's a huge cut. So make sure you price your book right. Yeah. Because um, you want to make sure you make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, like this book, of course, it was a full color book, mm-hmm. so it was it was big. So I had to, you know, get it uh, done in China. Okay. Uh, so that came with its own. That's good. So yeah, it's probably yeah, cheaper, right? It's cheaper, but it's a lot of more work. Uh, yes, because now you're you're your own distributor and your own publisher, so you got to send it out and you know market it a different way. Mm-hmm. But I still sell it through Amazon, so that's okay. a good thing. But now I ship to Amazon, so I'm really the distributor. For so Amazon. you do ebook and hard copy. You know, just hard copy of this one. Okay. But the other ones, they are ebook because they're small books. So I went straight through Amazon. That's pretty easy because mm-hmm. if you decide to publish through Amazon, they kind of take care of everything for you. And, you know, it's, it's an easy one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other outlets up there. So I don't want to just say Amazon. You know, I'm not, they're not paying me. So, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but it's, it's pretty easy, just simple to set up. And um, really just, you got to really just begin writing. You know, mm-hmm. to get your book, you know, begin right out. So many people like, I need to tell my story. I'm like, well, what you read? I haven't read anything. You got to start. Right, you know? right, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you didn't start your story yet. Yeah, start it. Yeah, that's the best thing. So, um, yeah, the, it's easier if you go through Amazon, it's a smaller book, and you could just, you know, they ship out to the customers, print on demand. It's really easy. So. Okay. Now, I appreciate that information because I'm writing a book right now, actually, and uh, I'm going to go the ebook route. Yeah. You know, and just kind of push it out like that, see how it's yeah. doing. If the market demands the hard copy, then I'll give them a hard copy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And actually, if you go through Amazon, they can make your hard copy and an ebook. Mm. Same platform. 
Okay. So think about it. You sure Amazon not paying you? You promoting them kind no, of hard not, I, No, they're not paying. They need to cut me a check. They, did, they definitely yes, do. I need to send this to them. <laughs> well, you sound like a workaholic. You know, you're an yes. author, speaker, entrepreneur, college professor. What do you do to unwind, you know, when you just want to relax and chill? That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I come to places like L.A. Okay. okay. <laughs> No, so, no, actually, ain't I know relax out here. If you're no, entrepreneur, this is more work. This is more work. Yeah, yeah it's really a hatred. Oh, I love to travel. You know, I've been all around the world. I've been to Dubai and, you know, just some amazing places. I love culture. I've been to Cuba before they stopped us from going, okay. you know. And, How was that? Oh, um, it was, it was, mm, it was different. You okay. know, I was, I, I did not like the poverty there, you know, because mm. the situation is still under like a socialist regime. Yeah. regime but the people were beautiful and, you know, I really lo- enjoyed like just looking at the artifacts and you know the sculptures and you know the history of the people. Just wonderful people, so nice, so kind, and you know it's just a shame of the situation that they're in. You know, when you come, I had like a piece of Tic Tac, and one of my drivers was like, oh, "Can I get one of those?" You know, mm-hmm. and he was so excited. I said, "You can have it." You know, yeah. and he was excited about this little Tic Tac. So I would give him. So I was, you know, you don't really really recognize what we have over here in America until you experience something like that. Right. You know? um, Makes you appreciate what you oh, got. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's what I do. I travel because I love to learn about the cultures and other people, but I write. You know, that's like my downtime thing. Um, I love to watch good shows like Power mm-hmm. <laughs> and David Makes Man yeah. and all the shows are out and go to the movies. So, yeah, that's what I do in my downtime. I know. I have kids, too, so they always keep me busy. Yeah, you got three kids? Yeah, three kids. Yeah, and they always keep you busy. 16, 14, and 7. Ooh, that's an age. That's the age I was wilding out. My mom didn't know what to do with me. Oh, me, too. That was my crazy age. Thank goodness my children are not like me. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, thank you, Jesus Christ, my heart. You know, like, thank you, God, for giving me great children. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. I was crazy, too. I was wilding out. But, you know, we were from New York. It's different, you know? Like, everybody was wild now. We were going to the tunnel. What was yeah, the tunnel? No, I, I never made it to the tunnel, but I heard stories. I think yeah. at the time the tunnel was going crazy. I was in Patterson, which was, uh, they said, yeah, I had got into a situation. My mother got scared and she sent me away to my grandparents yeah, yeah. to Patterson, but Patterson was worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's so crazy. But in Bentley, remember the club, Club Bentley? I don't yeah. know if you, yeah. Then I wasn't clubbing. You wasn't clubbing. Yeah, that was a place. Yeah, yeah. we was clubbing hard, you mm. know. But that, that experience is good for us, too. We lived that life. You yeah, know, we're not, you know, we're not fiending for it anymore. Right, you know? not at all, not yeah, at all. We yeah. don't want that for our children. No, mm-hmm. no. You know, I, I read something that Jay Z said in the article. He was like, "I don't want my daughter to be a thug, and you know, I want her to live a whole different life." And I feel that way with my kids. I don't want them to have to experience what I experience, see what I see. I want them to be tough, yes, yes. But I want them to be tough in a different kind of way. You know, so As you should tough yeah. up here. That's right, mentally, mm-hmm. like right. strong. Not have to worry about they gonna get shot or you know if they had you know betrayed or anything that we kind of had to. We had to watch our backs. Mm-hmm. We don't. We take for granted what growing up in New York was really like right, back right, then. Right. You know? And people not from there don't understand. No, like, they just don't. No, like my girl, she from Cincinnati, Ohio, and. You know how you know New Yorkers. We're always on high alert. Like, yeah, no matter what. And she's just like, la, 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 la. and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, wake up! You know, you could get robbed out here. Yeah. It's real out here. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. my kids are like, I get up in the middle of the night and lock the door. My kids are like, mom, nobody's coming to rob us. And I'm like, uh, mm. okay, always keep your eyes open. Right, you exactly. never know. Just when you sleep is when they rob you. Exactly. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's something we have inside of us. So yeah. 
Yes. That's what's up, man. So where can people get the book? Okay, they can get the book at Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. It's available also on my website, Chalets with www.chaletswits.com. So please support the book. It's a great project. I, you know, we have it over here. Yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to get a signed ah, yes, copy. I'm gonna this sign live it. Right yes, now. I'm gonna sign it. I'm so excited. Yeah, where's that um, special pen? Yes. Okay. Yes. You see, my special pen is gold. Mm. Yes. Okay. This is the money making pen. There you right? go. So All right. You sign the checks with. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mm. Yes. See, you you guys are witnesses to me giving him a signed copy. There you go. Oh, you the lefty? Yes, okay. I'm a lefty. That's yes. What's up. Yes. Lefties are the best. Mm. You know. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. Please check it out. You got the you got an audio version, by the way, or no? No, no audio version. Okay. You know, and it's easy reading because if you look at it, like it's short story, so it has pictures in it of everybody that we did with the short stories. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to take you like you can. It's a coffee table book. You can put it in the coffee table and go through the stories, like you know, different stories. It's all black people. This is all black. Everything. The um photographer Kia Thomas is a black woman. Mm -hmm. She's on the back. Mm -hmm. Kia Taylor, sorry, is um she did all the photography as a black woman. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was designed by, you know, black people designed it. And, you know, so all black everything for this book. All know? black everything. And all black everything, you know. That's what's up. Yes. Well, you know, congratulations. I wish you much success yes. with the, the sales and everything. Yes. Man. And thank you for this. I'm going to check it out and give yes. you my honest opinion. Okay, yes, you know please. My story is the last one. So make sure you read mine. There you okay. go. This you right here? Yes. This okay, I'll yes. see you. Nice yes. photo. Thank you. Definitely. Yes. Well, all right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Oh, and thank you great. for having me. No, yes. Yeah, I mean, the vibe was right, so we had yes, to get it done. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Shout out my man Jason in the cut. Oh, uh, yes. My together. cousin's here. <laughs> yes, so shout out my man Tony. Appreciate you looking us yes. up and uh, making this happen. Um, this is your boy, Johnny Vegas. Stay tuned for more episodes to come on Sleep is for Billionaire, the podcast, and subscribe to the channel.